podcast uh, with yours truly Jamal Sapp and Robert Delaney what's happening captains capping it <laughs> good morning good morning um uh, we are up early in the morning trying to figure out some good times to record with family and oh, everything Lord. else that's going on so yeah man <laughs> yeah you, know, you got babies in the house that's you know and you don't want to burden your your significant others, you know. So mm. it was either stay up late or wake up early. But mm. you know, and it's fine with me. You know, don't get up this time about devotion time. So it's all good. All good. Same here. Same here. The Lord shall provide. Lord, you. in Jesus' name. Yes, sir. yes. Sir. You gotta get up early and chase them. Chase them. Seek them. Bible says, "Seek me early, that I may be found." So um, we just want to come on and do something brief for you guys. Um, uh, definitely think that it's uh, it's an interesting topic, not just particularly for particular for um, this time period, but just in general. Uh, this question comes up a lot, um, yeah. and I think it even comes up with um, a lot of skeptics' arguments when it comes to God. Most doubtedly. And even more so now that we have this random, uh, you know, flu, whatever you want to call it, virus that's taking lives. Um, a lot of people are wondering, where is God? Right, right. Where is God? Right. Um, so you say you had a uh, you had an article. Yeah. So I just, just want to I want to read title this is coming out of the washington post this morning so washington post headline reads u.s passes 60,000." let me say that again u.s united states most powerful country in the world most advanced country in the world passes 60,000 dead as hopes rise for a promising drug therapy so that's what we talking about today. This this disease has affected a lot. I mean, you know, we just saw the NFL draft with last Thursday. I mean, weird how you have to do that virtually, but it's impacting to the point where even talking about no fans will be allowed in the stadiums for football season. So, you know, yeah. So it it I mean it's it's impacting a lot. You know, so. You know, we'll have to see about this drug therapy. Are they, you know, have they had proper time to study? You know, what are cause and effects? You know, so. But, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if any of that matters because, you know, your God is a healer, right? You know, where? Yeah. Where is God? Where? Pastor. Yo. You pray all the time. Mm-hmm. You worship. You read mm-hmm. the Bible. Mm-hmm. 60,000 people died. Mm-hmm. Where's God? Where is He? Why isn't He here now, healing people? What's going on with that? He's right here. I don't understand. God is God is ever present, and I think what we have to get past is this stuff was not permissible without God's permission. Mm. So, mm. I think a lot of folks are trying to pinpoint, you know, and put a catchphrase on what God is doing. Me, I'm just going to sit back and watch, right? Pray. I said, pray and watch, watch and pray. Mm. You know, I've taken note of environmental studies since this disease has come out, how much cleaner the air is. You know, they're noticing, I don't know if it's a good thing, but like coyotes and Certain cities have seen pumas and, you know, various wildlife 
you know, starting to move back into their environment, so to speak, and even into the cities because we have been secluded to the house. But, you know, I, I guess because it's a book, man. I may have to get this book. Um, so I'll find it John right quick. But it talks about, it's coming from the Garden of Eden. Bear with me for one second, folks. If I can find it, because it's in the Bible study magazine. Remember, John sent you yesterday with um, there you go. Matter of fact, boom, let me hold this up for y'all. All right, so um, she's coming from the standpoint, um, Sandra Richter, Richter, I think is how you pronounce it, using the garden to even. Eden is talking about what scriptures say about the environment and why it matters, you know. So just as we're called to be stewards over money, I think we're still called to be stewards over the earth. And I think we have kind of destroyed that with a lot of technology, factories, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm looking at this as, okay, maybe God's just trying to clean some stuff, but, you know, where is God with folks dying? I don't know how deep we're going to get in that conversation because, you know, it can go either left, it can go right. Uh, we can bring in some uh, conspiracy theorists. And uh, we're going to talk about if that really is coronavirus, what these folks are dying. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's been like that through the years. I mean, what about the Black Plague and, you know, wars and famines and, and things of that nature? God was there, you know. Um and in fact, if we look in the Old Testament with some commands that, you know, the, it, when the Israelites were coming out of Egypt, right, um, and they were commanded to kill, yeah, right? Um, and of course, they were killing these giant clans off, you know, they were in pure blood, but nonetheless, it was still thousands of folks to die, you know, mm-hmm. the plagues in Egypt, some folks had to die, right? all these other diseases. We've had cancer for a while now. We've had heart disease, blood pressure, um, you know, that can result into um, certain effects where you pass away. I'm not inclined to medical terminology, but I mean, you still have these other scenarios that people die from, you know. Um, To me, it is God's permissible will that this takes place, you know, how okay. I'll go ahead. So, what you telling me, what you're telling me is that with the examples of Egypt and the black plague, um, that God killed these people. Mm-mm. No, I'm not saying God killed these folks. Right. <laughs> However, he knew they were going to die. So where does free will, right? If this is a man-made biological weapon, and where does God come into effect? You know, um, Jesus never said that we would not have trouble in this life. John chapter 16, right? He said you will have troubles, trials, tribulations. Paul said we are perplexed on every side. Or second Corinthians chapter two, I believe, you know, yet not destroyed those commas that promise is letting us know in between those commas, we got a rest period, but we still got to face some troubles. Just because you're saved or a follower of God does not make you off limits to what happens around you. You know, if you choose to go and have church and you know this virus is taking folks out left and right and you know, you may have some underlying health issues. That's on you. That's what you chose to do with your free will. Okay. Now, you can still have faith and still be cautious. I know some folks don't want to hit. No, what you talking about? That ain't faith. Yeah, it is faith. Because I hear what the news reports are saying. I hear what medical doctors are saying. Some of them are not denying it. Some of them just saying, you know, let's just be a little bit wiser about what's all coming out. That's neither here nor there. But if I know that for me personally, that I've been in and out the hospital quite often, and they're saying that, you know, if you have, you know, underlying issue of diabetes, blood pressure, 
I seen one report say if you got a lot of belly fat, you know, that can mm-hmm. play effect. Uh, if you're just unhealthy, constantly sick, then you might want to seclude yourself a little bit. You know, I can still worship God and do what I'm doing inside my home, you know. Uh, but it still doesn't, just because I'm a Christ follower, does not make me immune to what all is taking place with me in my world, you know, my current context, you know. So, um, you know, going back to what you're saying, did God kill those folks? God commanded it, you know, if it is ordered by God, you know, there's nothing you and I can do about it. If that is in, now, I guess one we need to go back to Genesis chapter six, one through four, and understand why they had to be killed because they were considered bastard spirits. You know, they were hybrids. So, uh, because they were the product of, you know, the Benehi Elohim, the sons of God, and the daughters of men. Hence, where we get demon spirits from, deceased giants, right? So we don't have any scriptural evidence for fallen angels, so to speak, but um, maybe that's old. Maybe we get Dr. Hyde's on for that episode, you know, biblical scholar. But, you know, going back to, you know, um, being a Christian and in our context today, you know, it's okay for you to take caution, right? It's okay for you to stay at home and you know, still believe God. You're just being smart, right? Now faith is evidence, it's hope, it's things that we have not seen. But what what Hebrews 1 and 2 is talking about is you taking past experiences, right? And you're seeing, you're taking that evidence. So when God tells you to move, and sometimes God's going to tell you to stay home too, right? And this is where, hey, look, bro, you might want to chill out. You know, you know, you got some underlying health issues. No, I'm walking by faith. Next thing you know, you coughing, hacking, and sneezing. And God told you to yeah. You know, and another example, man, I've been saying this, dude. And I'm so glad um, Dr. Mike Brown came out with this article on faith um, in the midst of the coronavirus. Jesus' temptation in the wilderness, right? Matthew's gospel. And the devil told him, you know, why don't you jump off this cliff? Uh, nothing going to happen to you. And Jesus responded, thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. Right? I yeah. think what a lot of what's taking place now is tempting the Lord to God. Oh, I'm going to have church and we're going to have church. You know, if that's what you want, that's what you want to do. But for me, I can mm-hmm. still have church in my home and experience God in my home. It still doesn't negate the purpose of us coming together, you know, uh, joining up, you know, you need that camaraderie in the faith. You need that encouragement in the faith. But, you know, you have your wife or you have a, uh, your mom and dad, brother, sister. You know, you guys go to church. You guys worship. Um, if not, if that's not something that you have, you know, you can, you always got churches on. Well, now you have churches online. And I think, too, that churches will need to develop a permanent online platform because you're going to have older folks that are going to be afraid to come out of the house, even when this stuff lifts. So you're going to need to develop, not even older saints and members, middle-aged people, some younger people, because there's young people dying from coronavirus. And so they're going to feel more safe in the house, you know, uh, just taking caution, you know, but um, that's just me. But going back to, that temptation piece. I think that it is a lot of tempting God with our faith that we need a proper teaching of faith. I don't know if you recall when I, when I was doing that lecture for the men's group that we're part of. And I said, what's more, what's going to be most prominent for teaching today with coronavirus is going to be faith, understanding what faith is and the problem of evil and suffering. How could a good God, allow me to suffer, you know? And so we're going to get a lot of, I haven't really seen too many attacks, you know, on Facebook and Instagram about where's God, where's God, you know, cause the Christian can turn around and flip that on or faithful, whatever you're faithful can turn around and flip that on the scientists. Well, where is the answer? Where's your answer at? Why haven't you figured out an answer? You know? So. 
And I and I think um, I, I I think in in the terms of 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 that instance, um, I I I believe a lot of people are asking or wondering, you know, um, because I mean, I, it's I think it's 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 definitely um, it's it's one of those things that you wonder about but you don't really want to test it a little bit even though I feel like some some have you you don't want to touch it especially from a believer standpoint because we 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 come up in an era where you know you don't question God you don't question anything about right. God right you just accept it you just run with it and um one of the things I saw um in in terms of the church and this whole COVID nineteen thing is, um, um, like we mentioned, um, you know the pastors dying from it, mm-hmm. and and you know it's like you know these are men of men and women of 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 God, men and women of the cloth, mm-hmm. why are they dying from COVID nineteen? And and um, it points back to exactly what you said and what we see in scripture is that we are not. Um, uh, void or or devoid of of suffering. Suffering mm. is a part of it's a part um, of, of, of of our walk. And even um, you know uh, historically, we know that disciples, uh, apostles, they all mm-hmm. went through some type of suffering. Mm-hmm. So, if suffering is going to be there, and this is just a part of the walk. And what it comes down to, from the believer standpoint. Um, or more so a message for the believers understanding that it's our faith what you were saying um, it's our faith that shows through whatever type of suffering that goes on and I think that's what kind of separates um, a lot of of the, the the skepticism or can separate a lot of the skepticism and really be a light during these times um and I, I think uh, from the skeptic standpoint, because I, I've even seen people, you know, making jokes, not necessarily jokes, but being very sarcastic and rash in regards to pastors dying from it. You know, um, I've seen one liberal uh, kind of Instagram account to go um, as far as to say this one pastor that died in Richmond says something along the lines of like good riddance. You know, mm. you know, a well mm. type of thing, and, it's and you know, like, you know, it, it, it's it's sad on their end because you're not considering this pastors, or let me say, these pastors that are passing away. You're not considering their significant other if they're still living. You're not considering their children, grandchildren, relatives, church members. That what you said is now out there. So every time they go to the internet and they might type something, their pastor's name, Google search, that's going to pop up that article or whatever, that blog post where that person said, uh, good riddance. You know, you're not considering their family who, and I feel, man, it was a, I think it was out of Chicago. And, um, you know, I feel for the church of God in Christ. That's, that's a home church for me. They've had a lot of bishops and pastors that passed away, but this particular instance, this wife, a first lady, had to bury her husband and her son on the same day because they died three days apart from coronavirus. So I'm considering my words out of respect for the family. You know, they have to go back and relive this. And at a moment where you can't have a proper funeral, you know, I've heard where there's some mortuaries that put the bodies in a bag, like a plastic bag, and you got to view them that way, or you can't even come close to the body uh, in the casket. It's almost how when AIDS first came out and people started dying from AIDS um, in the 60s, 70s, and they were had at funerals with the bags over plastic bags because they thought you can catch it just from contact, you know, but... I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really considering my words, whether I agree with what any pastor says, not just a particular one, 
that's my personal opinion. You know, I can come at it from a scriptural standpoint, but it doesn't mean I'm going to say good. That's, that's, that's heartless. That's, you know, even if that person said, you know, I have God in my, I, I, I doubt that. I really do. Why would you say uh, that in light? Now, you can have a, a issue with that pastor and it, where that pastor stood on. Right. But please consider your words out of respect for the family that still have to go through something. I mean, you can't even I don't know if any funeral home let any any persons touch the body just to say goodbye, you know. They've got to wrestle with that. You got to wrestle with packing their clothes up, putting away their things. You know, now you've got to deal with the politics of who's going to take over the church, you know, and that's going to be a headache. You know, people leaving because that pastor's not there no more. That's the only voice they've been used to for X amount of years and decades. So, you know, you may have your beef with God, but still be mindful of what you say because families are still going through this you know and we'll go through it for a while and it it, it it shows the hypocritical nature this is kind of a side side note point but it shows the hypocritical nature of um of skeptics of god who who claim that you know love is universal love is not just is not just uh you know a God thing or a sacred thing. Love is a universal thing. Right, right. So why in that moment wouldn't someone show love, even though, like you said, they may have their problem with that pastor or problem with God, you know, to say something like that is, is one of the most heartless things. And, and even in the comment section, it was like, people were like, man, these pastors are just crazy. They're, you know, they, they do this, they do that. Like, why don't you just listen, blah, 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 blah. And you really don't know what's going on in the heart of a pastor during this time. Exactly. Um, you know, just like, what, what are, am I supposed to do? A lot of the pastors probably never even been in a situation like this. No. You know, what, what exactly am I supposed to do with this situation? Yeah. How do I go about doing it? Um, because I don't, a lot of people made it about a money thing and I don't necessarily, you know, a lot of pastors probably, you know, it was a money thing, uh, money motive to keep church open. But um, I think predominantly most pastors do care for their people and care about people and they don't want to put their people in harm's way. But at the same time, it's like, you know, the church is a, is a place of healing. The church is almost like a spiritual hospital where yes. people go for hope and et cetera, mm -hmm. et cetera. And I think that moments like this is where we see God's work. So to go back to the point about what you were saying about, um, you know, uh, this being uh, permissible by God mm -hmm. and how, you know, we've seen a lot of things change. Um, you know, this is showing the adaptation of what the church can do and how God can provide different outlets for the church to continue to maneuver. Oh, yeah, and yeah. To, and to that point, the church is not a building. Yeah. The church is, you know, it's the people. It's the people. people. Yeah. Uh, and, and um, you know, like you were saying, you could have church, you know, I don't want to keep saying church. Um, you can have meetings at your house. Mm -hmm. You can have meetings at the park, you know, mm -hmm. less than 10 people. Yeah. Um, you know, six feet apart. Um, you can have, you know, meetings on Zoom, meetings on Google Hangout. We go. have all of these different outlets. Outlets, right. Um, personally, I think um, um, for the encouragement of, of, of the believers, I think, I think this is really showing um, the hearts of a lot of believers. Mm -hmm. And because I, I, I see this often, uh, a lot of believers, we tend to place a lot of weight on the pastor himself or herself right. or the specific institution rather than focus focusing our attention on God who set that man or woman in place to lead these people or who was behind the the, the building of the organization. Mm -hmm. We don't focus on him. We focus on the person that he set in place. So it's it's caused a lot of believers to reevaluate their hearts and to um, study the word for themselves, to try to really seek God on their own and, and to do it 
in a smaller community where they're not relying on someone else to do a form. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna I'm go back and touch on some points. One is, you know, like you said, let me say this. At one point, Christianity had a whole empire fighting against it, right? But what happened? Yeah, you had a conversion of Constantine, but you still had the gospel going forward, right? Otherwise, you know, you and I, Jamal, wouldn't be Christian today, right? If they stopped it, you know, you had other things. You had wars breaking out, you know, uh, between the Islamics, you know, fighting over the Holy Land and Christians coming in, you know, the Crusades. You had that ordeal. You had many local institutions fighting against Christianity when it came into town, you know, and Christianity didn't come in by the sword. It came in by peace and the truth of probably answering that question of, of, of Pontius Pilate, what is truth, right? Let me ask Christ, but you had a lot of things through these past 2000 years, 1900 years that have fought against Christianity or something that impacted the whole known world, right? Uh, but Christianity still progressed, you know? Uh, so like you're saying, we have all these platforms. I mean, we're so tech, technologically advanced. It's like what Dr. Michael Heiser said in um, one of his books I got, that we can know more about the ancient world than the ancient world itself because of our technology. You know, so uh, we have, like you were saying, Zooms, Facebooks, uh, Instagram, you got YouTube, you got so many outlets to continue the great commission, right? It's no excuse. Um, If, you know, the government has said that uh, you can have, what, 10 folks in your house at the most, or 10 people at your house, I mean, you can set up something in the backyard, kind of keep them spread out, which I understand. Uh, Let me hold on for a quick second. Go back to Jamal. All right, so, uh, you know, obviously we got the various different platforms um, that we can use as Christians, uh, you know, the YouTubes, Facebook, Instagram, all the, all social media. But, you know, like what you were saying, Jamal, I mean, up to 10 people in the house, you can have good church with up to 10 people in the house, you know. Uh, you can do it in the backyard if it's a nice day. Um, but like I said, Christianity has faced, you know, these issues. I mean, you had the Black Plague before, you know, uh, the wars and famines. And so it still thrived. It, uh, people found, Christians found that as an opportunity to uh, minister the gospel. You know, so I think this is an opportune time to use our technology uh, to minister the gospel uh, through our social media. Uh, People are looking for an encouraging word, you know, with loss of jobs, uh, uncertainty of jobs, and, you know, even essential workers that are non-healthcare, you know, their hours are getting cut drastically, you know, um, business is slow. So you've got people you know, hey, they were getting 10 to 20 hours of overtime. That's been sliced. You know, now they're making their traditional 40. And even in some cases, the traditional 40 has been sliced to 35. You know, part-timers, they were getting, what, maybe 32 hours a week. Now they've been sliced to 25 or 20 hours a week because of business. So people are uncertain. All right, man, how am I going to pay my bills? I'm going to pay my rent. You know, so it's a good time to have an encouraging word. Uh you know, and share the gospel, you know, and don't be, don't be so pushed back or caught off guard if they snap, you know, if they say, man, where's God at when all this happened, you know, you're supposed to have an answer, uh, according to First Peter 3 and 15, you know, have that answer for them, but be kind and gentle because these folks are just going through, let them vent and say, you know, I'm under, I'm right there with you too. You know, I lost my, be honest, if you lost your job or, you know, you're concerned too because you're still human, right? And you still have to pay these things, you know, but I'm putting my trust in God. It's my peace for right now. Uh, so, yeah. you know, but like I was saying, but I want to, let me hit this point 
um, about, I know you said some comments were made with, uh, with an individual. I think it's all about how Christianity in the West has been packaged, you know, um, you know, you get saved and you're just going to be a millionaire. You know, you ain't going to have no troubles and, you know, Jesus is going to heal you and all of, all of this, you know, I think that's what's, that's why so many people, you know, may have come against Christianity um, with recent coronaviruses because how it's been packaged on TV, you know, right. all the thing you see is, you know, I'm blowing my uh, spirit man onto coronavirus and it's going to cease. And well, you know, you have to pass 60,000 people dead. I thought you prayed against it, you know. Um, right. You, you know, you've got pastors flying in these multi-million dollar jets and lavish homes and all this money, custom suits. And so I think it's just all about how it has been packaged as the reason why you have so many people questioning, you know, where is your God? You know, right. why would God allow this? So... That's the, I think that's one. And then two, another, let me touch on this is, um, is there a certain protocol to death? You know, is there a certain way we're supposed to die? You know, um, what about car accidents? I mean, we're not boycotting car accidents. Well, where was General Motors at when these car accidents took place? Why didn't they stop the car? Why didn't they make, you know, that argument is circular. You know, I mean, it can just go on and on and on and on. That's why I'm asking, you know, what is a protocol of death? This just may be my time to go. I'm okay with that. I think that if we can tap into that peace that these pastors had, you know, uh, their deep relationship, prayerfully, you know, they live both, you know, their life outside the pulpit lined up, you know, but it's not here or there. But if, if we can understand that they too had a peace, you know, yeah. with God, that they're okay. You know, I think for me, I'm like, all right, cool, because I know where they're, you know, well, let's just say we hope to know where they're at, because I don't have a heaven or hell to put anybody in. You know, God makes that final say. But, you know, these men and women, you know, who had enough faith in God, would just it may have been their time to go. You know, so I can't really, you know, make that final statement on, you know, they shouldn't have done this otherwise. I mean, because, I mean, you can kind of invite other things into the conversation, you know, theological implications. I said this to my wife. I said, this is going to be an intersection of medical and theology coming together, you know, with death and, you know, free will choices and, it's just somebody's time to go, you know? So, uh, but yeah, I just think that it's just all about one with the questioning of where is God? How has Christianity been packaged? The popularity, you know, wealth. And then what is the protocol of death? You know, I think, you know, here's another point. Let me say this and, you know, I'll pass the mic. Um, you know, watch night services on New Year's Eve. Man, it's going to be your year of prosperity and blessing. You know, this going to be the year. You know, wait a minute, man. You know, uh, this may be the year some of y'all die, to be honest. You know, this may yeah. be the year you still got struggle. I mean, that's what's guaranteed. And that's one thing that's guaranteed to you is death. You know, man born of a woman is but a few days old and full of trouble, what Job said, you know. As you coming to an end, you know, but when that end comes, and, we don't know. So. To interject real quick, yeah. depending on your view of prosperity, mm. if 2020 is your year of prosperity and you die, is prosperity as a believer living with now the Father, being with the Father? <clears throat> or was your view of prosperity just, uh, uh, just earthly things? You know, I think, what's I more think prosperous, would, uh, with the father or, you know, the earthly yeah. things? I think I think the perspective holds a, a, a heavy weight as well. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, when most preachers say that, they're talking about wealth, you know. Mm -hmm. 
And so that is in our mind, you know, here's this man or woman of God that, you know, hears from God. Let me put quotations because every, every last one of me hearing from God. So I'm all up there prophesying lies. But, uh, you know, um, so that's, that's probably what's running through their mind. But, you know, I think that if I look back, you know, with older members of the faith, they weren't too concerned about money. You know, I hear often hear older preachers talking about, you know, when I was a little boy, you started talking about heaven and church. You could, you had to have a gang of people try to hold that old woman down or that old man down because they just started shouting. They were ready to go. Mm -hmm. So I guess to them that could kind of be prosperity in their mind because they're going on to a better place, you know, but they had, they didn't put so much into material wealth, you know, and that's the, that's the, packaging that we're seeing today with with Christianity. And I'm not saying you having money or, you know, you doing well is off limits, but if you get saved for that purpose, you know, if you're trying to rope people in for that purpose, then that's a false gospel. You know, and that's false. It's, to me, it's antithetical, even what Christ said. Um, foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the son of man doesn't have a place to rest his head. Basically, was homeless. You know, yep. again, with the guarantee of you're going to have storms, troubles in this life. You know, I think we can take a lesson from Jesus walking on the water on a storm, uh, sleeping in the midst of the storm. He's guaranteed that I'm in, though you're going through this, I'm in it with you, you know. Right. Uh, right. Paul, you know, with trouble, perplexed on every side, calm yet not distressed. You know, whatever your translation reads, he's still guaranteed you're going to have some troubles in this life just because you know Christ does not limit you off of coronavirus. You still catch colds when you're a Christian. You still get the flu when you're a Christian. You still got high blood pressure when you're a Christian. Now, some of it is on us because we don't take care of ourselves. You still need to take care of your body. You know right. Oh, Lord, the devil attacking me with diabetes. When you're sitting there eating cake at 12 o'clock at night and going to bed afterwards. So it's not really the devil. That's more so you not taking full control. You still have some responsibility. I think it's just, I think we kind of over-sensationalize this, you know, like this, this supernatural spirit realm and making God to be a genie and you know, oh, I prayed and that job won't fall out the sky. No, it's not. You got to do some work, dude. You know, uh, oh, I prayed and the Lord going to hear me. Well, let's start getting back in the gym. Let's let's eat better. You know, let's 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 make a little bit healthier choices. You know, um, but and then see that goes back to that whole thing with if you know you have some underlying health issues and you know this thing, you know, kind of attaches itself to folks that you know, have some health issues or they may be a little bit overweight, then it might be wise for you not to be out in public as much because, you know, I'm saved, but I still get sinus infections, you know, and things of that nature. Right. You right. know, I'm, I'm saved, but you know, I have a hereditary condition where my red blood cell count is lower than the average man. So I get cold easily, which I can get sick from getting, being in cold environments quicker than what somebody else can. So, that doesn't negate uh, my faith in Christ. It's just a part of my life. You know, it's a tool for a testimony, you know, so to speak. So I don't use it as a woe is me. It's just, hey, look, I did my research. I know what foods I can eat, what what a good diet is for me to help maintain good energy level, you know, so. But. Uh, agree, agree. So um, in kind of uh in in closing i wanna i wanna pose a, a, a i was about to say two part question but i don't think it's necessarily two parts i guess it is two parts um what's what's one thing um you know in in brief if 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 an atheist or an uh agnostic were to um to facebook message you I say, hey, I see you talking a lot about God. Where is God right now? My my aunt died from COVID nineteen. Uh -huh. She went to church every 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 Sunday. She went to Bible study every Wednesday. Uh 
She woke up praying. She gave her tithes. Um, where is God? And then for the believer who may be becoming a little skeptical, what would you say to them? Where is God? You know, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit. I'm, I'm not quite understanding. So it's one thing that you would share with them in brief. A quick Facebook message answer. Not necessarily because it, it, it could be a detailed one, but. All right. So what I would say, God is right there. I know it's going to sound cliche. Um, David was, David asked the same question. Uh, we see writers of, of various books in the Bible asking, saying, God, where you at? You know, Jesus felt forsaken by God, right? But God was right there. I know that with atheists, it's automatic. That's a that's a punch right there in the stomach, right? Is, well, where's your God? And my aunt prayed and, you know, well, a lot of folks pray, but they still die, right? Uh, I trust that they have gone to a far better place. I don't even think they would want to come back if they had the opportunity, right? Um, why would I want to come back to a world that's full of hate, uh, that's shaky, that's waning and waxing colder and colder uh, with, with love? It's a fictitious love and, you know, uh, made up truths are being shoved down your throat. I wouldn't want to come back to that, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, but again, my answer to them is God is right there. David asked question, Lord, where you at? You know, I go down to the grave and you're there. I go to outermost places and you're there. You know, I've said this to a couple of people. I'm going to say it here. Satan, the devil has you where he wants you, but so does God. Mm. In your, he's in your pit. Uh, he's in your troubles. Uh, he's right there in the boat with you during a storm. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a storm we're all facing, you know. Uh, I pray for those that have lost somebody close to them. Uh, but going back, you know, where's science at? when coronavirus was first discovered? Why wasn't an anecdote developed, you know, or some type of whatever was developed to counterbalance or come against this, you know? And again, this is not an attack on you. I'm just showing, you know, uh, that this can be a circular argument. It just may be that person's time to go, you know? Uh, so again, you know, this, this, is, this is a good, conversation for you know a christian and an atheist to sit down and have various talking points <laughs> you know but for me as a christian in my faith and i'm not i'm not a theologian um you know just one that's a student of the, of the bible and still growing still learning but god is there you know uh, so i'm going to trust in his plan and his ultimate plan for my life your life um, because at the end, God is going to get glory from this. So if, if my life needs to be laid down for one, two, or three people to come to Christ because I held on to the end, then my life was not in vain living. You know, you don't know what happens with that atheist because his, his auntie was praying. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know what God showed her on her deathbed. You know, I guess we can kind of get into the argument of, or the conversation of, of near-death experience. People that have these out-of-body experiences and they go and, you know, they say, man, I seen heaven, I seen Jesus, and they come back and they're depressed because they don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. That's another, that's a good conversation, another episode, you know, you got to get, uh, I know some good folks that deal with that, but, you know, I don't know what happened on that, that deathbed. I just trust God that they're in a far better place. You know, there's no more sickness, you know, what Revelation tells us, no more suffering and death, no more uh, hatred, no more things of this world for all tears are wiped away. You know, God's going to wipe all tears away. 
you know. So uh, to the atheist, I would oppose the same question, pose the same question as, okay, where science at? Because y'all still dragging feet. Y'all don't have a certain, you know, antibody or medicine to come against this. Uh, to the one losing hope, you still have to trust God in this pro process of seeing him in our pit with us. Uh, so, and just trust his plan, trust the process. It, it, may, it may not, you know, be today. It may not be tomorrow. Um, here's a good point that Max Licato makes in his book, You'll Get Through This, that maybe we should slow down with scripture reading. Uh, for instance, take the story of Joseph. We want to fly through that. Joseph was sold by, his, you know, Joseph loved, beloved by Jacob and given the coat, um, mm -hmm. told the dreams. Uh, brothers got jealous, sold him off, you know. Next thing you know, wind up in Egypt. Next thing you know, Potiphar's house. Next thing you know, back in the dungeon. Next thing you know, he's in uh, second command of Egypt and, you know, so we speed through that, not realizing that Joseph was probably about 17 years old in the pit and he didn't come into Pharaoh's house, you know, second in command till he was about 37 years old. That's a that's a great link. So maybe we should just slow down because when we speed through like that, we feel as though God should do the same with us. You know, but God has to reweave what the devil wove against you. He's orchestrating some things and put some place, some things lined up. You know, the ones that passed away, I don't look at them as casualties of what took place. I look at them as they were ready to go. They were strong enough in their faith to say, you know what, Lord, whatever happens, happens. You know, they may pray at night, Lord, if I don't wake up in the morning, I'm good. I'm okay. I'm ready to go and be with you. You know, uh, to them, it was not a matter of something else. Some of them, you know, I'm not ready to die. You know, you may still want to live your life. That's why I said that we should stop putting a cap on life. That I'm going to live till I'm 100 years old. I don't know when. My job is just to be ready for whenever the Lord says, Trevor, it's time to come home. You know, I don't want to be caught uh, uh, with my work undone. I mean, Jesus makes some great warnings for us about that. You know, not being prepared for when uh, uh, the master of the house returns, you know. So I'm just trusting that those that pass away, that atheist auntie, she was ready to go, you know. That much faith, that, that much participation in church, she was ready to go. It's unfortunate how she goes, but like I said, where's the protocol for death? You know, uh, we look in the wild, you know, who's to say that antelope didn't want to just die of old age? Who said the antelope didn't want to get uh, eaten up by a, 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 a lion? You know, there's no protocol to dying. You know, we just die, you know. So, uh, but what about you, my brother? What you think about that? If, if um, somebody jumped off in the inbox saying, Jamal, you know, you're always posting, um, you know, you you helping me out, but I just don't believe in God. But where is your God. Um, I would, I would, I would have to, um, um, definitely mimic the same, uh, sentiment that you said. God, God is definitely still here. He's been here, um, through every age, through every, uh, plague, through, through every unfortunate circumstance that has landed in this earth. Um, you know, he's still here and he, he still remains. <clears throat> and, um, you know, uh, of course, there would probably be the, uh, where's the evidence of him here? Um, you know, and I don't think we can truly quantify, necessarily quantify everything that God does. But one thing that we could always point back to is the fact that, you know, if God isn't here, you know, why hasn't the entire earth just died? Um, right, right, and, right. and and I think that that just points back to what you were saying about um, certain things being permissible by mm -hmm. God and then understanding that um, things only happen as they go through him. And that can be challenged with, you know, well, why wouldn't he just save everyone? Well, 
Like he said, why wouldn't he save the animal? Why wouldn't he save the the the, the prey that's being attacked by the predator? Why why wouldn't God do anything? Yeah. And that's a question that you know we won't necessarily have an answer to, but mm-hmm. we can be assured that um that there is uh some sort of plan, right. um, divine plan behind everything. Mm-hmm. And to see the positives that has that have come out of this situation, I think the positives, um, not in magnitude of being better than the negative, but the positives uh, um, in in quantity outweigh the negative. Um, a lot of families have grown closer. Mm-hmm. A lot of families are able to um, to connect. Good point. Now, That's a good point. Um, and I think that's one of the big things that was missing because we live in a digital world yes. and it's only about phones, internet, TV, but now being in a house all together as one, mm-hmm. you're forced to be together. You're, you're forced to, um, to, to have a conversation. You're forced mm-hmm. to address a lot of things that weren't addressed. There you um, go. And, 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 and to the believer, I would say um, the same hope that you placed in Christ to save your life, um, that hope shall still remain during during any sort of suffering. Mm-hmm. Because um, like scripture says, Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If Amen. he saves you Amen. from darkness, yes, he can save you from the next situation and the next circumstance. And that's even speaking to myself, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, it is it's gonna take faith and it's gonna it's gonna take you to draw back on the same faith and to remember what he did in the past and use that as 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 a uh, as a building block to increasing your faith to help get you through what you're going through now mm-hmm. um, and that's that's probably how I would sum it up um, for the for the believer but um um but yeah, um, I, I think would this say was a too, great Jamal, conversation. Man. Yeah, let me say this. I mean, why, you know, uh, atheists may oppose that question. A question to me would be an, a point, an argument point. And again, I'm not a scientist. That, that was never my cup of tea. <laughs> that and math. But I didn't do too bad in science. But let me say this. And I've heard this on, um, uh, what do you call those? Uh, um, they come out breaking news. You know, anywho, um, survival of the fittest. Is that fair? You know, are we just looking to God and saying, is it fair who he picks and chooses to go? You know, well, at least they got somewhere to go in that worldview. You know, what about survival of the fittest? Is that fair? You know, uh, because then we start to determine who's fit, you know, and, uh, maybe start getting into some arguments. So, of course, we can look at the demographics of coronavirus, how it is running rampant through the African-American community. You start to get in a little bit of conversation about race and about, uh, um, you know, resources that are open to those communities, uh, minorities, maybe Hispanics as well, and uh, uh, some Asians, African-Americans. But I mean, we got to look at survival of the fittest as being a part of this conversation. If we're talking about God as well, you know, why would God allow this? Well, why would science allow this? You know, if if we're not so in science worldview, if we're not, we don't need to, and not all scientists, let me re- re- reiterate this, but what we hear in most popular science, you know, information, um, it's the coronavirus survival of the fittest. And so is that fair? Um, that's what a question, and I would just use that. I wouldn't do that as an argument just to have a conversation to, you know, I believe what the scripture says, iron sharpens iron, what Proverbs tells us, so iron sharpens Proverbs, so iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another man, you know, just that, you know, I'm trying to understand your point of view, just like you're trying to understand why I still maintain faith in God during this process. So if I have coronavirus, I may be scared. I may be, Lord, if I die, you know, I may miss my, you know, the thought of me missing my family comes across my mind because I'm human. 
you know, we can we can take a serious lesson from Jesus weeping, you know, at the grave of Lazarus. I know he was weeping because this is a cause and effect of sin in man's life, you know, is death. But we understand as Christians what happens at that point of death. When we die, that's when we start living. This life of growing old, Paul, Paul says, uh, in 2 Corinthians 5, that, you know, uh, we're, we're moaning and groaning that if this earthly vessel, if this tabernacle be dissolved, I've got another building not made with hands. Paul, um, Philippians chapter one, he talked about he's betwixt and he's between. I love that King James, betwixt and between. I'm betwixt and I'm between. Mm-hmm. An old preacher would say about whether he wanted to stay and be here or if he wanted to go and be with Christ, you know? So we have a guarantee of that. Well, we don't know if there's evidence. So what happens if you die and there's no heaven? Well, hey, I can, I can, I can, I can be comfortable and I can die happy knowing that I try to in this life, live yeah. a good life by loving on people and helping people. I'm okay with that. If I die and it's just black, you know, I'm all right. So um, I think it's just, you know, to my Christian brothers and sisters before we close, um, it's a good talking point. You know, somebody asks you, you know, you at work or somebody messaged you, it's a good conversation to have with some folks to just see where they at, what's going through their mind, because um, you never know. They may they may end up coming to, coming to Christ over this matter, you know, um, or they just may want a conversation. They may respect you. So don't take offense because they're asking you just kind of, if you know you somebody to easily pop off, just take a couple deep breaths, take a few minutes before you reply, you know, um, but yeah, I think that's a good point that if you ask them about, okay, so let's talk about survival of the fittest. Is that fair? You know, um, considering coronavirus, you know, a lot of older people get it. It's almost a wrap. It's like a miracle. Hmm. We hear that a 94 year old lady or man survived coronavirus. Right. You know, it's like, whoa, man, no, y'all been getting taken out left and right, you know? So, um, Again, to me, I think, like I said to my wife, I think it's a good meshing point, um, uh, intersectional uh, intersectionality between the medical and the theology, where we're going to have to come together and we're going to have to talk about some things. So, you know, life and death and science, what does science say? So and I think they're doing that now, you know, with, with near-death studies. I know UVA has a whole department dedicated to it. So that's a good, interesting point that we can, we can talk about. So, yeah, yeah, that's definitely good. A later podcast. Let me say that. (laughs) Yes, sir. So we want to, um, so we definitely want to encourage, uh, every, every, you know, everyone to not shy away from these type of conversations. Um, but, but to engage in it and to, Mm -hmm. um, just be able to evaluate, you know, where you are, where another person is. Um, that's that's how we learn. That's how we learn is, is through dialogue. Right. And we also want to um, send out, <clears throat> using my voice, send our love and, uh, and, and condolences to um, those who have um, lost loved ones. Um, and we also want to send our encouragement to uh, those who have lost loved ones and also who were impacted Um by this um by this pandemic um and, and to just remain hopeful um there is hope in christ jesus um even if you don't believe in christ jesus there's still time um you know if if you're on the fence about it <clears throat> and you feel that pull to to believe him there is hope in christ jesus um there's, you know, millions of testimonies of how Christ Jesus has come into a person's life, including ours, of how he's come into our lives and he's changed our lives um, for the better. Um, and, 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 and that hope still remains. Um, so, uh, so trust in him, continue to believe in him. And, um, and yeah, um, you know, we're all going to get through this. We're all going to get through this together. Um, so, Grace and peace. Uh, We love y'all and...
talk to y'all soon. Peace.